We're live. Let's play some music. everyone to a new episode of the women's empowerment series today i have a beautiful and incredible leader a friend i feel like you're my sister you know we just feel so connected you know <laughs> from far away and i and i'm so honored to have you welcome hazala jabin thank mm. you thank you so much hen it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and what an amazing show that you're running in, and i'm honored to be here as you guest today Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Let's, let us know where you're connecting from. We're live streaming in different platforms on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And we would love to greet you as you come in and also as you're watching us on replay. So this is uh, your time. And I wanted to highlight your incredible you, your journey. Uh, you know, you're a bestseller. You're a number one in so many things to do as a leader, as a marketing, as a branding. And so how, who is Ghazala? How did you start all of this and all this spark in your life? You know, I'm, I'm actually, when I look at the journey, they always say only ever look back when you can gauge how far you've come. So mm, I like that one. You know, when I think that I didn't speak a single word of English and I, you know, I, I came to the UK uh, as, as a little baby, just not knowing anything, no language, no nothing. But my story really has been from suppression to expression. So coming from a cultural background, I, I really surprised myself sometimes to, to be on world stages speaking uh, at events with top leaders. And I think at one time, I couldn't even speak a word of English. Wow. So but this is really good because we want to hear more of that so that people who just tells you, you know, think that it's too far away. I can't. I don't have the language. Doesn't stop. It didn't stop, Ghazala. It didn't stop me either because I didn't have the English. <laughs> like, you know, I went to Harvard. I could barely understand my professor. I'm like, I don't know what he's telling me. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I know that feeling. I know that feeling. That's incredible. And look at you now, you you are you know bestseller. You so tell us, tell me, what do you do? What you share? You have all these people. Welcome everyone who are with us today, and um, this is going to be so much fun. So stay on and let's get motivated with Razala. Thank you so much. Uh, well, well, if I just bring my thirty-four years industry experience and my life in evolving processes, right? Are you sure it's thirty-four? Um, because I think you're counting from teenagers' time, aren't you? <laughs> I wish I could say that. Yes, I, I, I keep saying to people, I'm on the wrong side of 40. <laughs> so, <laughs> the best way I can describe that one. Um, okay. But yeah, so as I say, as a, as a young young kid, I came um, culturally, um, you know, we, we didn't, uh, well, I didn't go to school till later on. So, so where did you come from? I know we have a lot I of people. Originally, yes, I was born in Pakistan. Okay. Yes, so I, I was born there. And I came to the UK. My dad was already here. So we came, you know, to be with dad and mom came and my brothers and sisters. So, well, not actually my sister wasn't born at the time, just my brothers and I. And we came and it was really, that's our humble beginnings. I left my grandma in a, a beautiful, lovely, lantern lit village to come suddenly to the UK seemed like 
like all these lights, we call it Blackpool illuminated lights, right? And yes. yeah, it's uh, it was quite a, an eye-opener for me and lots of changes. But, you know, one of the things um, that I, I felt as a youngster was when I was able to, once we settled down in the house mm -hmm. and I was stepping out to meet people, I saw a lot of English people. Yeah. And one of the things for me was, oh, they're a very different color to me. Oh. So, so as, a, as a little kid, I'm thinking, why are we different? What, yeah. why, why do they look light and I look dark? And yeah. there was a little mindset of mine at that time, like I didn't fit in. It was an alien world that I had arrived to. And, and one of the scary things I did, which, um, you know, I look back still and I think it could have been worse, but um, I, I, my auntie was cleaning and she dropped some bleach on the floor and the carpet tiles changed color. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I, I could change color too. So I got this bottle of bleach and I, I just, no, I didn't drink it. I put the bleach on my hand to see if my color would change. Oh my God. And of course it didn't. But How old were you at that time? I was only six, six and about six, six and a half years of age, that age when I came. So yeah. of course I, I, um, I just was trying to fit in. Isn't it interesting? Even in a very young age, a color yeah. thing you're not intellectually there but even yeah. in color or the surroundings or what the eyes you know are. there is a difference and you want to fit in somehow I wanted to fit in and 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 when we look at society at large now people want to fit in within it and it's it's quite a that was quite an eye-opener for for that right. space um, but I moved on. Uh, I didn't drink it. I didn't change color in that way. You are so beautiful. <laughs> it's like everybody now wants to look like that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my goodness! So over over time, I used to, you know, I used to say like, you know, when I, when I girls in my culture when they're born, it's like they're not very happy about it. There's no celebratory moments. It's like, oh, it's a girl. Don't worry. Yeah, next one might be a boy. The, yeah, that's the heritage we carry with us, unfortunately, yeah. from this yeah. type of the world. And, and it's interesting because even though uh, that's what I what I came with, my dad was very proud of me. And sadly, my, my, my father's passed away. But my dad, he used to call me his VIP. And I said to him one day, Dad, I, I'm your daughter. I should be your VIP. You're a very important person. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. I said, well, what do you mean, Dad? He said, you're my very impressive Pakistani. Ah, so you've been a VIP since very, very young. I love that. It's incredible. Yeah. I, said to, I said to somebody, the, the only qualification criteria that I have at the end of my name now is VIP. Obviously, oh, yes, endorsed by my father. Yeah, that's But right. now you have it as a very important person. Yeah. For all the work that you are doing. And it's incredible that you say that because, you know, I love the way your dad had, you know, put in you, you know, that's validation. He yeah. already have a stamp for you. I imagine that. Yeah, I never looked at it quite like that, but that isn't that interesting to look at it. It that is. Way? It's like a stamp. You know, you don't even need anyone to tell you that anymore. I mean, so aren't we all looking for the validation? And when you think about it, it comes from a wound that is from childhood that your dad didn't tell you that you're impressive enough, or your mom didn't. But hey, you got it. I got and that stamp. Yeah, yeah. That's hmm. So Did with it, with the, my education carry on because my father was a teacher as well. So education was a big thing for us to 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 do that. But the problem was that uh, in in the society I was in, uh, we uh, it was the, when I realized I had a 
of a little voice that was quite strong. It, it came out to my surprise, actually. I could have been in big danger with that. But what happened in, in our secondary school, uh, they wanted to bring the Asian girls to wear their full Asian costume for school costume. uniform. Yeah. And I was okay, dressed quite smart. And I said, Dad, I don't, I'm not going to wear one of them Asian outfits because I'm good with what I'm wearing. He said, you're getting very argumentative. He said, look, we've asked the headmistress there and, and the headmaster, deputy head, and they have agreed. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, Dad, I'm going to tell you a reason why I'm not wearing it. You give me a much more stronger validation why I should. I said, and then we can go from there. He said, oh, you, you're treading on ground, dodgy ground. You're like strong, you girl. <laughs> so I said to Dad, when you drop us off at school, one day, choose a day, go in the back of the school and have a look and observe. And then we can have a chat of why I don't want to wear it. And Dr. Hind, it was one of these where uh, girls that were coming from Asian backgrounds, very religious backgrounds, they were coming all dressed up in their good okay. girl, good yeah. girl kind of thing. They would get to school. They'd go to the back gates, meet up with their boyfriends and disappear. And, and my dad, my dad actually saw this. So I said to my dad, dad, I don't need an outfit to be a good girl. Yes. Good girl is in my heart and you will see I've never missed a single lesson and I've got top grades. So therefore, dad, I don't think I need an outfit to to kind of fit in with with, you know, discipline. I'm disciplined as it is. Thank you very much. And everybody went against my dad and my dad couldn't argue with me because I had a really strong point. That was my first point when I realized, oh, my voice. My, my point of view has actually, it empowered me. Oh, wow. That's incredible. I wish everyone could hear you, every young girl, because that's what it is. But, you know, I think what makes you also feel so empowered is that you have a strong values and you know yourself. You know, that's a good point. This part of values and your belief, your um, your own sort of integrity, ethics, what, 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 what we come with. This is why I always say, as when I when I speak and I say, look at the children around you because every word is a programming in their mind. Yes. I was a child that I knew my dad had good strong disciplines, mm -hmm. and also I realized that five of us children came from same household. So why did one end up in jail, and why did others okay? And mm -hmm. then I realized that in addition to good values and upbringing. What then happened is where does the circle of influence we hang out with? That yes. was when my brother was hanging out with the wrong people mm -hmm. and ended up in trouble himself, whereas mm -hmm. some of us were hanging out with the good crowd that mm -hmm. helped us to be lifted, which is why it's so important is who do we hang around with? Because it has a major effect in our society, ourselves and our growth or lack of it, depending on where we are. This is very powerful. So not only you have values, believing in yourself, but who do you surround yourself with? Because it's not enough. Because we live in a community. We live, we're social being. We need yeah. to be surrounded. This yeah. is very true. And I think it applies to everyone. And we say that also to women a lot. It's like surround yourself with people that inspire you, that lift you up, that, you know, listen to incredible women like you and, you know, on this platform so that you feel like you already have those positive vibes happening. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It's you incredible. have so many stories. And you know what I love about you is that you share them by extracting the lesson. And it takes a lot of wisdom to be able to do that, you know? Yeah, it, it certainly does. And, and uh, you know, for me, I always, I always look at when I'm 
figuring things out. There are three ways I, I kind of sit mm. to make decisions of, of anything, if you like. Mm. And one of those things is I, I think with my head because I need some logic space happening mm -hmm. in there as well. So I like to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Then I feel from my heart because this the sensory part, what do I feel about this situation? Yeah. And then when I make the final decision, I go with my gut because mm. that is the second brain and the feeling that, you know, we talk about is your stomach churning with acidity or has it got butterflies? Oh, and wow. <laughs> okay. If we have a frown and we've got acidity, that what are we thinking about making a decision Logic might be okay, the feeling might be okay, but the stomach is speaking a different language and our body don't tell lies. And so when I get like a smile on my face about something and I got butterflies going on and I'm like, I like that, I like yeah, that. I just do it. Yeah. yeah, but that takes a lot of experience to yeah. be able to reach that point, to be able to hear your body because you don't hear it. You're like, That's right. Yes, I don't. I don't know what's happening. Let's ignore it. People don't understand their body or how to tune in. It's like we all have intuitive side, but a lot of people don't know how to tap into it. And it took me some time. Not only the journey of education, because my mom said something, uh, Doctor Hind. I want to share with with you and your audience is this: mm -hmm. when I speak to my mom, and she felt that she didn't really have a good marriage. My dad was a great man, but you know, I, I said it takes two to, to either tango or to fall out. Um, and, and, and my mom said, you know, she said, I'm so proud that you've taken education to the level that you can make changes and you've got choices to make changes. Wow. She said, for me, I, I didn't have that. And had I got what you've got, I'd have made some major shifts and changes in my married life as well. So you understood life. what she meant. Wow. Yeah. So, so to think, and my mum, she just says, what I didn't get, what I prayed for, what I wished for is what I'm seeing in you making changes in your life. I absolutely love this. And I think this is so reassuring to yourself, right? It's reassuring yeah. that it also, it's almost a way to help you forgive whatever didn't work because you yeah. know that whoever reacts the way they do, it's from ignorance, from yes. not, not having possibility otherwise. Wow. That is powerful. There is a question. So we, let's put this question before we go to the exciting part of sure. the discussion. Could you share some books that have had a profound impact on your personal and professional growth and that you would highly recommend to others? And I think this is a perfect time to talk about your book. Absolutely. Well, you know something? I'm going to share um, two very strong um, learning journey of, of quotation and books that made a big impact on my growth journey to be empowered to write my own. So the first one was a sentence, and I will paraphrase paraphrase this for you. And it was by the great philosopher Jim Rohn, the greatest speaker of America, and people are so inspired with so many quotes. His quote to me, well, not to me, the one that it meant to me. It resonated with you. Yeah, yeah it resonated with me, which was, if you work hard, on your job, you'll earn a good living. Mm -hmm. But if you work hard on yourself, you'll earn a fortune because the value becomes you that's priceless. And I felt that and I thought, well, I can earn good, but if I got good or fortune, the fortune will help me make better decisions and better choices oh, and better yeah. to do that. So and even at a younger age, I was like, I, I identified the basic to the higher level value. You said value and what did I value out of the two things? And the second book that I would tell anybody either to refresh themselves because some people still do not know the power of this book 
is how to win friends and influence people because that's what we do every day uh, by Dale Carnegie. And when I read that book, I realized that the one speaking to people, one of the sweetest sounds to somebody's anybody's ear is the is their name being said. So when you make people count and you talk about their name, as I would say, Dr. Hin, yes. I want to, that's a beautiful sound for you because I have said something that is sweet to you, which is your name. And that was one of the most powerful things. So when I connected with people, I didn't just talk to them. I, I used to say, Dr. Hen, I want to ask you a question. And, and I would talk with your name. Yeah, yeah. And, and it has a personalization and the power of personalization that I teach people is one element of that. And I think that book will help people to communicate on a personal level, a professional level, but the understanding of the power that they get empowered with, because we often say knowledge is power. And I say, no, what is more power is applied knowledge. Knowledge, what you do with the knowledge. Oh, yes. And you know, that as you're talking about names, I think that your name, Razala, is what connected us. It's like when I saw Razala, I'm like, I know her. I just know you. <laughs> it's your, it's, you know, Ghazala, it's beauty, right? It's like, yeah. it's the gazelle, but it's also beauty in yeah. our language. And I'm like, I just know you. And it's incredible because, but I say it in an Arabic way. So that's probably. <laughs> I like it. It is good. It is good. And people do say, so is that correct that you're a gazelle? Um, and I say, yes. And the mehjabin, jabin, beauty of, of a deer, uh -huh. gazelle, beautiful deer. And of course, my dad was a teacher and I'm the only child out of the five of us that actually only ever had my name from being born, unique to me. I didn't carry my dad's surname. I didn't carry my mom's surname. And when I got married, I didn't even carry my husband's surname. So I, I was Ghazala Jabin from birth, and I will remain Ghazala Jabin for So, okay, so thank you for so much, Madame Ghazala. The second one is how to win friends and influence people. Uh, the first one, can you say the first one again? Yeah, the first one was, um, it's uh, if you work hard on your job, you'll earn a good living. Mm. And if you work hard on yourself, you'll earn a fortune. And that was paraphrased by Jim Rohn. I'm paraphrasing it for him, but but that's kind of that was the the powerful statement that made a change for me on a journey to grow. That's amazing. So, and now your book, a bestseller. Yeah, yeah well, my, my journey of all the growth and everything that I've gone through, one of the most beautiful things that happened in my life was one of the biggest risks that I took, which was a life and death risk, because I am actually one of the survivors of honor killings, because I did not, um, you know, go through with arranged marriages, not because I was against it. Um, it's just that I was not ready and, and I had fallen in love. Uh, with an Englishman and that was against the family my Englishman changed and became a Muslim to marry me in whatever it took he said I love you and I will do whatever it takes to win your family to win you to do whatever to have you in my life forever it's my and, it's one of my favorite romantic stories that's why I always like to hear you saying it <laughs> it, it, uh, it was like my, my, my Martin said to me he said how do I ask for your hand in marriage from your dad I said, well, if you want your neck cut off, you yes, go and do it. Go ahead. He said, what? He said, we're in, in the UK. We're in the Western world. We, we, you, they wouldn't just kill. I said, they would kill. Trust me, dad. Uh, my dad would actually kill you and me probably. So Martin couldn't understand it. Anyway, 
we then had to go to a Muslim priest. We then, Martin became a Muslim. We then tried to speak to the family, tried to work with it. It still didn't work, but um, we, we, we did what we could. But anyway, then when I had arranged for one of the Muslim priests to speak to my dad, it all went wrong. The priest, instead of saying, Mr. Quayum, we need to look at how we can help with your daughter marrying this man, he's become a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And instead of that, it backfired because the priest turned around to my dad and said, we've got to stop what, what your daughter wants to do. Because <laughs> what kind of message would we be giving to the rest of our Muslim girls? And that backfired. So the next thing is my dad was called to the mosque. Long story short, I have another book on that one, but I'm going to lead into this book. What, what, is, what is the number one? But long and short of it is um, I was going to be sent off to Pakistan to be arranged marriage and all this stuff. And Martin said, like, this can't be happening. So we arranged to meet and Martin handed me a piece of paper. He said, here you go. I said, what is this? He said, I said, it says marriage license. He said, it's not a marriage license. It is a special marriage license. Mm. I said, what does that mean? He said, I said, does that mean like it says 10th of August? And he said, yeah, that is. I said, is that next week? He said, no, it's the day after tomorrow. I said, we're going to get married the day after tomorrow? How are we going to do this? He said, listen, you've done your bit by your culture. They have not supported it. Now we're going to do it by the law of the land of this country. Wow. And, and he, so the day that I left home, which mom and dad knew that I was going to work, is the day that Martin picked me up and we were heading to get married. And something very important happened on the journey there. One was Martin saw that I got upset. And he stopped the car, reversed it into the side road, and he, the left was back home and right was to, to his home. So where are you going? Yeah. So which way I go? He said, listen, I need to say something very important to you. And he said, and that is that I want you to marry me because you want to marry me, not because I want you to marry me, because I don't want you to live life with regret. I want this for the right reasons. And if it means you want to go back, I'll take you back. Because I love you enough that I will take you back because I my your happiness it makes me happy Thank and you. whatever. So if in in life today, I always say I want people in my life because they want to be. That's yes. another empowering thing that I we have that. in self, right? And yes. I picked that from Martin. So we got married, but then we had we were a police protected case, all this that long and short. We, you know, they said she'll come back in, in a you know a few days. Six days went by, six weeks went by, six months went by, six years went by. Martin and I were married for 25 years. Wow. And this man that I fell in love with, I made a vow to him. And unfortunately, something very tragic happened. Um, mm. Martin got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which was terminally ill. And he, he said to me, wifey, if there was anybody that could get a message across the world about the danger of this cancer. I want you to just do a little write-up in the paper and just share the awareness of this campaign. Mm. But but knowing me, as you know me, and for those yes. people who know me, I don't do things small. small. You don't. I took the message. I took the whole, um, his, his dying wish to keep others alive. I took it, wrote the article. I thought was a small column, first of all, in the local paper. It was front cover. Next thing is, after Martin passed away, I also wanted to do the book in tribute to him. Mm. I lit up the most iconic castle here in North Wales, Conway mm. Castle, because I knew Niagara Falls went purple for World Pancreatic Cancer. And I thought, 
what's big around here that I can make? Yeah, you can do. Wow. I contacted the National Trust. They gave me this the the access mm -hmm. to it. My daughter and I we lit the castle, which is featured on my book, and my book is called Loved, Lived, Lost. Can and you show it? Is it purple also? It it's, is. It is. Oh my God! And it's the light of the castle. <sighs> yes. I love it. And, this is the subtitle is even more stronger. It says, "In sickness and in health, till death do us part." Wow. Uh, so that literally was, you know, really what I went through. And you know, I couldn't give a better tribute to a man that loved me more than I can ever have ever been loved in my whole life. And you know, love, as I always say, is the real winner here. And and the book was written for three reasons. One, to respect tribute Martin's dying wish to keep others alive. Secondly, to raise awareness for pancreatic cancer as it's one of the most deadliest cancer and lowest survival rate. And three, to be the voice of those that never got heard and misdiagnosed. And I wanted to make a change for those people. And it was never made for money. And when and somebody said, being a number one marketing machine, how are you going to market it? I said, we're mm. going to take the book to number one. I you said, did. I said, Which I'm not number one marketing machine for nothing if I can't take my own book forward. So uh, you're a VIP since yeah. you were a kid. You, you take it as you want, but you just are. You you know, you embrace that you are that you mirror that in everything. And I think this is so beautiful. You don't just say that. I think your book has more than just that. It's just allowing yourself to be loved for who you are, just how you are and trust in it. And a lot of time we don't even allow ourselves to do that because of fear, yeah. fear of things, which you did. Yeah. Because you lived with the fear, right. Of everything. I mean, to, to put myself on the, on the chopping block, that yeah. I, I was a literally a life and death, which I knew that I, at this point I could just die tonight. Yeah. I could just die, but yeah. you know something, I felt the fear and I did it anyway, because yes. the love was the greater winner. Yeah, that's the thing. But because you allowed yourself to believe in the love much more than you let the fear overwhelm you. And that and takes the truth. And you know, the truth is the other thing because I was working from a place of truth. This yeah. is what yes. I feel. This yeah. is honest. This is true. And if they're going to kill me for being truth about where I'm at, you know, that was the most empowering space for me was mm -hmm. I am speaking the truth here. This is what is happening for me. And if, if, if my life goes before me in the name of truth and love, let it be. Wow. These are how legends are being made, isn't it? Oh. It's like when you truly believe, it's true. When you believe in love, when you believe in the truth and you just hold on to that. It's like nothing blocks you, nothing stops you. The impossible, you don't even see it, right? There is no impossible. It's like you go. But yeah. okay, so I know we have just a few minutes left and I, I know, and I want you to bring what's made you so special, you know, that other part of you that helped you navigate through that, which is music and dance. And I think to me, that's the missing part of this puzzle to be able to create an incredible woman like you, isn't it? Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, the journey has been somewhat um, fascinating for me as well. I look in the mirror sometimes and I say to myself, who are you? Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, but the thing is, like, people know me that I, I have, I am like a Gemini. There are two part of me. There is the business part, which we talked about with the three P's. And yeah. one of the things on the business very quickly to share with you was that I realized people have got amazing products, services, offerings. 
And when it comes to presenting, they were struggling to, to really present. And that's why I created the three P's success formula, which, okay. which allowed people to really pick up on what the purpose was. And I went into detail. So What's you and can you can you tell us? So the three P's P1 is the purpose because we can't go anywhere without understanding our why. The P2 was the passion because if people don't feel what you're delivering, mm. they're buying into you. And P3 was the posture in which way do we project our yeah, offering. I like that one. So, so I That's created so this um, um, formula, which is the one of the most successful formulas that has been created where even for me, 90% conversion in sales that I do using that formula. So mm. that was my business head, but my other side of the head is because um, Bollywood world became because I lost a lot of weight. I transformed through my upbringing of Bollywood movies and I created a program called Bollywood Burnout, which I did <laughs> my, my whole weight from three stone weight loss. I was clinically obese, unwell and fit mom on the road working, lost my senses of personal care. Mm-hmm. And I shifted this weight and three friends wanted to know. And it went from three friends that I was going to teach to a, a, a class of 33 people that I didn't even want to create a class. Before I know it, 30,000 people I've performed live and became internationally gazelle. Uh, yeah. It's interesting because, okay, look at us now. We're talking. You didn't tell us that you performed in front of millions of people, right? Until I had to tell you, could you compliment how you actually re- got to that leadership, you know, uh, style and position you are in? That's incredible. Is it being humble or do you think that is not that important? Why? Why would you I'm- leave that until the end? what is the big thing (laughs) I I think stay humble true be grounded always but be clear of your driven focus and and more is what do you add as your value to others who you are what you do that's my important thing Mm, this is incredible you are an incredible woman and an inspiration and a star. You know, that's the incredible part of it is that, you know, it's like excellence in the work you do. And this is what we all advise everyone to be, you know, women and ladies watching us and listening to us, you know, be so good at what you do. So good. Give it your all. It's like, you know, your three P's give your purpose, your passion, passion, but also, you know, like stay humble no matter what you are and grounded. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think you are such a beautiful representation of this that leadership that is full of love and empathy and and excellence <laughs> thank you thank you so much as i as i leave with this is you know i always say together let's make a mark as we make a difference and that's what we're doing today that's what we're doing exactly and that's why i am so excited to connect with incredible women like you and this is what the digital era is letting us do and i think this is the time where everyone can have a voice everyone can create a stage and everyone can just listen to others be inspired you know thank you thank you so much thank you for being with me thank you everyone for joining us i'll see you in the next episode bye everyone